Thank you for joining us today on Walking by Faith. Now, before we get started, I just want to remind you that if there is anything that you need prayer for, do not hesitate to give us a call, send us an email, or submit a request online. We would love to stand with you in prayer. Today we are finishing our series, Welcoming the Holy Spirit, by talking about the gifts. Now watch as Pastor dives into each of the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit and how they are used to glorify God. I want to begin with our springboard text in John 16 and verse 7. Jesus is about to go to the cross. He says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It's to your advantage. Some translations say it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And Jesus is telling us, you're going to be better off with the Holy Spirit, the helper, than you were when I was physically present. He said he's going to help. Now that, that means that He'll cooperate with us, but he's not going to be doing things on his own. In John 14, 26, Jesus said that he's coming to represent me and act on my behalf. It's amazing to me how many people are afraid of the Holy Spirit. You just mentioned the Holy Spirit, and they're kind of like, whoa. Right? And, and the reason is they think that the Holy Spirit is weird. But the first thing we should know is this. The Holy Spirit... Is just like Jesus. He is sent to represent and act on Jesus' behalf. And the Holy Spirit is not weird. People are weird. And they blame the Holy Spirit. Right? Now, listen, 1 Corinthians 14, this is what it says. It says, the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. Now, what that means is this, that, it, that, that if you have a, you, you, the Spirit of God's moving and you have something from the Holy Spirit, it means it's subject to you. In other words, God doesn't force you to do a somersault. God doesn't force you to shout. God doesn't force you to be weird. All right? The spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. In other words, you can do it in a proper way at a proper time. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren... I do not want you to be ignorant. Now, in the spots where the Bible tells us not to be ignorant, it's like we have become the most ignorant. But he says, concerning spiritual gifts, I don't want you to be ignorant. Now, these are the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So what we're going to do, because we want to be able to cooperate with the Holy Spirit, we're going to take a look at these spiritual gifts. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4, it says there's diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. So, in other words, the person who who's, is operating in the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, the working of miracles, prophecy, it's all the same Spirit. There's not one Spirit that operates in one person and a different Spirit in another person. Every one of the gifts come from the same Holy Spirit, right? All nine of those gifts. It says in, first, excuse me, in Hebrews 12, verse 4, God also bearing witness, both with signs and wonders, various miracles, gifts of the Holy Spirit according to His will. So here's one of the things that we need to know about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Right? They don't operate when you want them to. You don't have a switch and turn them on. They operate according to His will. Right? According to His will. I think that it's dangerous when somebody says, well, I have a gift of prophecy or I'm a prophet and line up 50 people and say, I'm going to give every one of them a word. 
Because it doesn't operate when I want it to. It operates when he wants it to. It's not according to my will. It's according to his will. So there's differences of ministries, but it's the same Lord. Right? And then it says there's diversities of, operation, diversities of activities, but the same God works all in all. All right. So one teaches, another one writes, another one counsels, somebody else is on television. It's all the same Holy Spirit, all the same. Now, in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 8, it says, For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse or different kinds of tongues, and to another interpretation of tongues. But one in the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. So when it mentions here these nine gifts of the spirit, right, it says that he ministers those to each one. In other words, every single person that's a believer is to operate in one of these gifts as the Spirit wills. So what we're talking about today should affect every single person that's here, right? Because he gives them to every single believer. In verse 7, it says the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one. So every believer for the profit of all. Now, these are not things that we earn. These are by grace, right? They're by grace. But when we're ignorant of them, they'll usually just pass us by, right? Because we need to be sensitive. It's kind of like what, what we need to do is learn how to, how to take our, 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 our dish, our satellite dish, and kind of move it over to where we're receiving the signal, right? Because the Holy Spirit is very often sending a lot more signals than what we're picking up, right? And notice it says it's for the profit of all. In other words, the gift is not to benefit the person who the gift flows through. The gift is for the benefit of others. I remember in the 1980s when a couple of leading ministries in America fell morally. And people said, how can that happen? How could that happen? Right? This is how it can happen. Right? Because they're anointed to minister, but they're not anointed to live the life. They have to resist temptation exactly the same way as every single other person. So we've got these nine gifts of the Spirit, and they're really, they, they, they break down into three groups. There's a, a vocal group, Right? There's a revelatory group that, that reveals things, and there's a power group that does things. And there's three in each one. Now, God's number is three. And I think it's interesting that when he, there's the gifts of the Spirit, we've got three times three. God puts his stamp three on just about everything. Now, as 1 Corinthians 12 talks about the gifts of the Spirit, and it ends by saying, but desire earnestly the best gifts, and by the way, the best gift is the one you need right now. All right? That's the best one. All right? But yet I show you a more excellent way. And then 1 Corinthians chapter 13 talks about love. He's saying the best way 
to have the gifts of the Spirit begin to flow in your life is to walk in love. So we're real quickly, we're going to take a pass and take a look at these gifts because the Bible says we're not to be ignorant. We're not to be ignorant. Now the first one that I want to talk about here is the gift of prophecy. And it's defined in 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 3, and it's not what people think it is. But he who prophesies speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. Edification, exhortation, and comfort. You thought it was talking about the future, but that's a different gift. Prophecy is edification, exhortation, or comfort. I love you. I'm with you. Be faithful. I'm coming soon. It's, it's going to build you up, right? But it's not talking about the future, right? The, the, the next one of the vocal gifts, really these two go together, it's diverse kinds of tongues and interpretation of tongues. Diverse kinds. In other words, there's different kinds of tongues. Now, I, I know when you even start to talk about tongues, some people get really nervous. Just, just chill. It'll be all right. right? It's in the Bible. All right? So there's different kinds. First of all, there is a private prayer language tongue, which is mentioned in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 2. He who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. No one understands him. Howbeit in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. So when you talk to God, what do we call that? Prayer. That's prayer. Right? So there's a tongue where you're talking to God. Right? Somebody said, well, I heard it and it didn't make any sense to me. It's not supposed to. It says no man understands him. All right? He's talking to God. Quit eavesdropping. Cut it out. This doesn't have to do with you. It's simply your spirit communicating with the Holy Spirit. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it says, Though I speak with the tongue of men and angels. How many of you know any angel tongues? Any angel languages? You're not supposed to know. All right? Howbeit in the Spirit they speak mysteries. Now the fifth verse says, I wish you all spoke with tongues. But even more that you prophesy, for he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks in tongues unless he interpret. So tongues with interpretation is equal to prophecy. Right? Now, prophecy is not talking to God. It's a message from God. Right? So he says if there's a tongue and it's interpreted, it's a different type of tongue. It's not the same as one that you use in your prayer language, in your home. And it's interpreted, it's equal to prophecy. Right? And it says, if anyone speaks in tongue, let it be two or three at the most, is in the congregation. You're, you're, you're at your, your, your small group and let one interpret. One person should interpret if there's a tongue that's not a tongue talking to God, but one, it's a message from God. And then there's a third type of tongues, and that's mentioned in Acts chapter 2. On the day of Pentecost, everyone heard them speaking their own language. There were literally languages that were known. I remember years ago listening to H.B. Garlock. He wrote a book called Before They Kill and Eat You. In 1920, he went to Liberia as a missionary, and he tells about how he, he's in the village, and uh, these people are cannibals, and they're planning to eat him. And he said, the Spirit of God just came on him, and he began to speak in tongues. 
He said he was actually, he spoke in their language. He told them, I'm a servant of God, and any of you try to eat me, you're in big trouble. <laughs> now, something about prophecy, all right? It says, don't quench the spirit, don't despise prophesying. This is 1 Thessalonians 5. Prove all things or test all things and hold fast to what's good. Now, in 1 Corinthians 14, it says, let the prophets speak two or three and let the others judge. Right? Prophecy is to be judged. Now, here's the reason why. You say, well, if it's prophecy, if it's God, yeah, but there's a human element. How many of you know we humans, we tend to mess things up sometimes? Amen. All right? Prophecy is to lift up. It's not to create fear. It's to bring edification, exhortation, and comfort. In Revelation 19, verse 10, it says, Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Prophecy lifts up Jesus, exalts Jesus. Not a person, not a group, but Jesus. Right? Then we have the revelatory gifts. And uh, one of those is the word of knowledge. Now, it's not knowledge. It's a word of knowledge. Right? And this word of knowledge is when God gives you supernaturally, not because you figured something out, but supernaturally shows you something that has taken place or that is at that moment taking place. One of the great examples of this is found uh, with, with uh, the prophet Elisha. There is a man, a Syrian general named Naaman. He has leprosy and he comes to the prophet and the prophet says, go dip seven times in the river Jordan, you'll be clean. He goes, he dips, he comes back because he is totally healed. The Bible says his skin became like a baby's skin. And he tries to give the prophet a huge gift, millions and millions of dollars. And the prophet says, no, I won't take anything. And he says, well, then please let me have two mule loads of dirt. And the prophet said, okay, take your dirt. Now, the reason for the dirt is at that time, they believed that each area had its own God, that there wasn't one God over the whole world, but there were a lot of gods. And so this guy, that's what he believed. And so he wanted dirt so he could take it home and worship God. He put his dirt out and then he could thought, I can worship God on my dirt because I've got God's dirt because God's the God of that particular land or bunch of dirt. The prophet said, take your dirt. And he took off. But his servant Gehazi, now Gehazi has been his servant for 20 years, said, look, my master spared Naaman the Syrian and not receiving from his hand what he brought. But as the Lord lives, I will run after him and I will take something from him. I, I love this because this is what people do, as the Lord lives. Now he's about to go lie, cheat, and steal. All right? He says, like, as God is my witness, the stuff people blame on God, right? Don't, 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 don't think that every time somebody says God told me, he did, because he didn't. All right? So Gehazi pursued Naaman. When Naaman saw him running, he came down and met him. And he tells a lie. And he says, hey, a couple of, of boys from the Bible school have just come down. The prophet said to get some stuff for him. And, and the guy said, well, take twice as much. And he has to have a couple servants come and carry all the silver and gold and stuff that he takes. And he goes and hides it. And then he goes and stands in front of the prophet. All right. And he came to him and he said, uh, where have you been? And Gehazi said, well, I haven't been anywhere. Now, listen, Gehazi's lived with him for 20 years. Gehazi knows the prophet doesn't know everything. 
If he thought the prophet knew everything, he would have never tried this. He knows. And look what the prophet says. He said, didn't my heart go with you when you turned back, when the man turned back from his chariot to meet you? Is this a time to receive money and clothes and olive groves and vineyards and sheep and oxen and male and female servants? Here's what he said. He said, the moment he turned to talk to you, he said, God turned on the television and I saw what happened. And then he discerns what's in his heart. He says, this is how you're going to spend that money. You thought you were going to buy a vineyard and oxen and male and female servants and lands? He knew. How did he know? He knew by the Spirit. It wasn't something he physically saw. It wasn't something he figured out. It was by the Spirit. Now, that's why the Bible calls it a word of knowledge. God doesn't give you all knowledge. He just gives you a word. We, we used to have a man by the name of Lester Summerall come, who pastored church down in uh, South Bend, Louisiana. Lester told me this story. He said, uh, I had William Branham come. Now, William Branham, most of you will not know who he is. He's been dead for 50 years. Right? But he operated very, very strongly in the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom. He said, I, I rented the civic auditorium. He said, and after the service, they formed a line. He's going to pray for people. And he sat in a chair and they had this line. He said, the first woman that came, first person in the line was a woman. And she came over and as she was coming, he reached out to take her hand. And this is what he said. He said, you're not here for yourself. He said, you're here about your husband. He says, do you know the red-haired secretary that he has? He's in the hotel with her right now. He said, but don't worry about it. He'll be dead in less than six months. And he just passed her by. Now, Lester wrote it down. Got her name, address, phone number. He said the first thing that he noticed was that 90% of the people in the line sat down. He said he contacted her, and it was true to her suspicion that there was an affair going on, and the husband died in less than six months. Right. God didn't tell him everything about everybody, but God told him something. Right. God told him something. Word of wisdom. All right. This is when God shows you a word about something that is going to happen. Not that is happening or has already happened, but God's wisdom has to do with the fact that God knows the future. All right? Now, in Acts 21, it says, Now on the next day, we were Paul's company, departed, went to Caesarea to the house of Philip the Evangelist, who was one of the seven. He's one of the seven original deacons from Acts chapter 6. We stayed with him. This man had four virgin daughters who prophesied. Four daughters living in the house, Paul staying there for a while, these girls prophesied. As we stayed many days, a certain prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. And when he had come to us, he took Baal's belt. He bound his own hands and feet and says, Thus says the Holy Spirit, so shall the Jews in Jerusalem bind the man who owns this belt and deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. Now, there were four daughters there that had the gift of prophecy, edification, exhortation, comfort. But when God wanted to give Paul a word about what was going to happen in the future, that's a word of wisdom. He sends a prophet. Because every New Testament prophet has the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge, both operating in their ministry. Right? So he sends the prophet down. He says, this is what's going to happen when you go to Jerusalem. All right? 
Discerning of spirits. This is seeing into the spiritual realm or discerning a spirit or the spirit that a person is operating in. This is not, this is, this is not the gift of, dis, of discernment. People say, I've just got this gift of discernment. You know? No, it's discerning of spirits, and there is no such thing as the gift of discernment. You have the gift of suspicion, and you should turn it on yourself. <laughs> but it does give insight into the spiritual world. All right. In Acts 13, as, as uh, Paul and Barnabas are on a missionary journey, they come to a certain place. There's a false prophet by the name of Bar-Jesus. All right? And he withstands them as they try to preach. And Paul discerns what's going on. And he just simply says, you, know, you, you, you son of wickedness, the hand of the Lord is going to be against you because you're withstanding the way of truth. And the Bible says like a cloud came over him and he couldn't see the sun or the moon. He couldn't see anything for three months. Right. I remember when Jeannie and I were, were young missionaries, we uh, went to Mexico, I think uh, I had just 22, 23 years old. We had been there for just under six months. We had started a church, and I was standing up front. Service wasn't started yet, and a man I'd never seen before walked across the back, and there was just a cloud. There was just a cloud all over him. Now, when I saw that, I didn't hear a voice, but there was just this inner witness that that man is a false prophet and he's going to try to destroy this church. Well, we had to leave because the papers that we had to be in Mexico were running out. And so I, I remember I sat down with our leaders and I said, look, this guy, don't trust him. I'm telling you things are not right. I told them what had happened. Interesting, we were gone the first service. We had Tuesday services, Thursday services, Sunday services. First service, we're gone. He came in and said, God said, I'm supposed to preach tonight, and they let him. And it was just a catastrophe, just a catastrophe in the church. Um, literally like one of the worst times of my life. But God supernaturally gave us the word, look, this is what's going on. All right, power gifts, working in miracles. All right. Now, this is not like a miracle drug or a beautiful sunrise or a flower. Or when your grandbabies are born, you're like, it's a miracle. Look at them. They're beautiful. This is not, that's not the miracle. This is when God stops or suspends the ordinary course of nature by the force of his spirit, the person being active. So Samuel is, is uh, on his way to Timnath. He's, he's in a vineyard, and a lion attacks him, and he tears that lion apart with his bare hands. That is the working of miracles. Jesus walking on water. That's a miracle. All right? He's doing something. It's a miracle, right? Uh, Jesus fed 5,000 by the working of miracles. G Moses split the Red Sea. Samson killed 1,000 men with the jawbone of a donkey, right? He, he picks up the gates of the city and their posts and walks 20 miles up a mountain to Hebron with the gates of the city. Working of miracles, right? When the working of miracles happens, the person is active, but then there's what the Bible simply refers to as faith, or the Amplified says it better, special faith. All right? And with special faith, the person receives supernatural protection or provision or transportation, but they don't do anything. Daniel gets thrown in a lion's den and takes and gets a good night's sleep. He didn't do anything, but that was special faith. The three Hebrew children are thrown into the furnace. They didn't do anything. But it was special faith. They were protected. Now, if you had put Samson 
in the lion's den. The next morning, there would have been cheap lion burgers all through Babylon because he'd have killed them all, right? But with special faith, Daniel just went to sleep and no lions died. Both received protection. It's the same spirit, but he manifests differently for different, in, in, inside of different people, right? The gifts of healings. Now, both gifts and healings are plural. Right? It's not like somebody has a gift of healing. It's gifts of healings. It's been suggested, and it's a suggestion, that Jesus received 39 stripes. There's 39 classes of sickness and 39 different gifts of healing. Now, Philip goes down to the city of Samaria and he preaches Christ to them. Now, the Bible says they all gave heed with one accord, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. Now, listen, unclean spirits cried out with a loud voice. Many who were possessed were set free, and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. All right. So notice what happened. Demon-possessed people were delivered. Lame and cripples were healed. No blind people, no deaf people, no lepers. It was just a certain category of sickness. Right? And when it's the gifts of healings, that's how it'll work. Thank you for being with us today. But as you've been watching today, if you realize in your heart, you know, I'm not right with God. I want to be forgiven. I want to be right with God. I want to be saved. I want to be what Jesus called born again. I want to invite you to pray a prayer with me before we close. Or if you're watching today, but you don't know where you stand with God. The Bible says in 1 John, know that you have everlasting life. You know, we're not supposed to die and then find out if we made it to heaven. We're supposed to know today that we're forgiven, that we're right with God, that we're on our way to heaven. And if you don't know that, you're not where you should be with God. And I want to invite you to pray this prayer with us also from your heart. Just bow your heads. Make these words your own. Just say, oh God, I believe that Jesus died on the cross. I believe his blood paid for my sins. Today I give Jesus all of my heart all of my life. I turned my back on my old life. I'm not going to live for myself any longer. I'm living for Jesus every day. He is my Lord and my King. I thank you. You've heard my prayer that I'm forgiven, that I'm a part of your kingdom on my way to heaven in Jesus name. Amen. You know, if you prayed that prayer, you are right with God. Now, it really is the first step into the kingdom of God. And we want to help you keep growing spiritually. Now, I wrote a book full of bullet points to help you keep growing, growing in your relationship with God. We want to send it to you free of charge. You can download an electronic copy, or if you'll contact us, we will send you a hard copy free of charge. If you've just prayed that prayer with Pastor Dwayne, congratulations on making the best decision of your life. You can go to walkingbyfaith.tv and request a copy of this book to be mailed to you, or you can download it right there instantly. Either way, it is absolutely free. Now, when you check out walkingbyfaith.tv, you can also purchase a copy of today's message, The Gifts, in the WBF store. Walking by Faith is used across the globe to spread the truth that changes lives both on and off the air. To partner with us financially in this great commission, just go to walkingbyfaith.tv. If God is using this ministry to speak into your life, we would love to hear about it. You can connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, 
or send an email to your story at walkingbyfaith.tv. Now tune in next week as Pastor starts a new series on healing.